God doesn't want us to be in sin any longer than we need to be. I'm going through what you're going through right now. Do you think God uses the sins that we have battled as encouragement for others? God will, will work with our circumstances and situations at the pace that we will let him work with them. Welcome to another episode of Table Talk. We have a truth nugget for you tonight, and the <laughs> and Dave is still laughing from our last little bloopers. So, but it's okay. He, he's gonna he's gonna pull through this one, aren't you? Aren't you? That's it. Possibly. Possibly. So anyway, like I was saying, the point that the title of this particular discussion is: Can overcoming sin be a stumbling block? And since Nathaniel was the one that suggested this topic, I'm going to throw it over to you, Nato, to explain exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, it, it's uh, one of the random questions that uh, has popped into my head uh, recently. The thought was, could the the act or the consequences of you know, overcoming or stopping doing a particular sin, could it in turn lead to either another sin growing or another sin coming about? Mm. General gist of the, the question. So... Can you give yeah. us an, like, an example of that? Like, just to make it a little more you know, easier for our listeners to wrap their hands around? Okay, well, if... If, if someone was to be struggling, say, with alcoholism, mm-hmm. they knew that they had to overcome it. And, you know, by and by, they managed to stop drinking alcohol, you know, and they thought, you know, this is great. But then that act of overcoming that led to pride in their lives. And they're going, you know, check out what I've done, I've overcome this, you know, see how good I am. Would that, would it be better for them to have struggled with that alcoholism for longer to be able to overcome the pride issue? Um, yeah. In advance, sort of like dealing with the root problems that are going to create bigger issues later. Yeah, hmm. I think it's an interesting thought because one of the, one of the things that, as you're explaining that, that, sort of popped into my mind is that if someone were, and obviously this works for any sin, you could you can plug in any sin into the equation and, yeah. and reach the yeah. same thing. But um, just to continue using your example, using alcoholism and pride, if you kicked alcoholism and then was proud about what you had achieved then that is sure evidence, in my mind anyway, that you have done it in your own power. You have you know, grabbed yourself by the bootstraps and pulled yourself up, so to speak. You haven't been uh, allowing God to do the work. And because it is your work, you're then finding value and, and being proud of that. And so that would be a demonstration to me, if you're then proud of it, that you're, well, I won't use the word conversion, but what you're doing isn't... God's work, it's your work in the first place. Mm. Is that a fair call? So I think um, when we're talking about... <clears throat> I think when we're talking about overcoming sin, it's important for us to recognize that 
um, sin, one of its holds upon us is shame. So when when we are aware of our sinfulness, the devil imposes upon us through that sin a certain amount of shame, which leads us to basically try harder to get past that sin because we feel like a failure. Um, and then when we try harder and fail, that just deepens our shame. Yeah. And so... Excuse me. So, when we're trying to respond to sin, trying harder, like you're saying, Luke, is not a valid solution to the problem because it doesn't result in taking away the shame. Um, Can I offer a Bible verse to steer us a little bit here? Hmm. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. It's a popular verse, so we'll, we'll know it. Um, but let's sort of see the specifics that it's bringing out to your question, Nato. Um, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that's referencing back to Hebrews chapter 11, where there, there's this huge accumulation of people who the, the author of Hebrews just brings out their faith um, in this chapter. And yet, these people all struggled with sin. Mm. And he talks about them as if they had not sin in their lives. So he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, that would be those things that lead us to shame, and the sin which does so easily beset us. Notice there it's not plural, it's the sin. And I think that's really sort of what you're talking about here, Nato, is that for every one of us, there is there is a struggle in our lives that we are very aware of, um, and yet we seem to be very unable to overcome it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know whether specifically that's where your question was tending, but that's sort of where my mind goes immediately when, when I hear the question, is that it, it's almost like no matter how hard we try with that sin, we sort of fail, and so we try on a different one, and we come back to that one, and we, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and Paul's specifically talking, I believe, here about unbelief, um, but we can apply it to that one struggle that every one of us has some area of in our in our lives that that's our weak our weak spot, where the devil so, so easily besets us. Yeah. And his his counsel to us is lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. So let go of it, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down with at the right hand of the throne of God. Then it says, Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest she be wearied and faint in your minds. So when Paul thinks about overcoming <coughs> the sin, which so easily ensnares, entangles, besets us, he says, the only way you're going to do that is if you look to Jesus and you run the race that's before you with patience. So there's a few applications to what you're talking about. Patience is one of them. You're saying sometimes we have to be patient with that sin yeah. and deal with something else. Um, and another application here is that we don't overcome sin any other way than by looking to Jesus. If we're looking yeah. at the sin... 
We ain't going to overcome it. So you're saying that overcoming sin isn't just stopping doing that sin. It's it's deeper than that. Absolutely. It's, and it's very hard for us because it, 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 it's baked into us. We have the understanding of sin being a behavior. Sin yeah. is an activity. Oh, I did this bad thing, which is a sin. And so, therefore, it, I have sinned and it is an act which was in the past now. It's like we believe... It's it's like as if we believe that when Eve ate the fruit, that somehow as she digested it, hmm. it corrupted her body. Hmm. When really Scripture is pointing us very clearly to the fact that before she even ate the fruit, the problem was already well and truly within inside of inside mm. of her. Yeah, that's exactly and right. Corruption so, had begun. So the so the real issue, the the root of the issue, and I think this is part of what you're getting at, NATO, is that it's not so much the the behavior and so therefore if we focus on the behavior as in i'm going to overcome this sin meaning i am going to manually adjust my behavior so i don't physically outwardly do this thing yeah we pretend like that is going to be a solution or an an answer whereas the fact of the matter is the only way to do it is in christ and sometimes like you were reading in the verse that requires patience and I just want to be really clear. That's not because God thinks it's fun to let us languish in sin just that little bit longer. Hmm. But I can speak from my own experience, things that like elements in my life that have changed that God, where God has given me victory and made me more like him, which I am so grateful for. But if I hadn't struggled for a long time first, I would probably feel very differently towards others who struggle with with similar problems or ha- or there are even their own issues that are different from mine i would feel very differently because the things that i haven't struggled with the things that you know for want of a better term came easy to me because of the way i was brought up or because of the experiences that i've had i've never been tempted to do there's a whole bunch of things that i haven't been tempted to do and so it's easy for me to have a, a, a harsh view of others who struggle with those things. Yeah. But the fact that I have struggled for long term with things in my own life, that then gives me a totally different view and appreciation and mercy for others who I know must be struggling with their own battles. Mm. So Paul again says, what shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, have not attained the law of righteousness. Wherefore, or wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it, as it were by the works of the law. <clears throat> For they stumbled at the stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. That's really the verse for your question, isn't it? Yeah. You ask the question, you know, can overcoming sin be a stumbling block? Absolutely. Hmm. Um, if we're trying to overcome sin in our own strength, it will be a stumbling block to us every time. Um, and that's what Paul's saying here. When we're trying, trying, trying to, to um, follow after the law of righteousness in our own strength, we're never going to get there. And yet, if we aren't even trying to follow after that law in our own strength, hmm. and we are just laying aside the weight and looking to Jesus, laying aside, looking at Jesus, forget about the sin, just look to him. Paul says, you'll find yourself, oh, I'm here. Hmm. And I'm not ashamed of him. I didn't stub my toe on Jesus. I came to love him. 
and I think it's also uh, not interesting. Sorry, I think it's also important for us to say what well, yes, what we're saying, but also what we're not saying. And what we're not saying is that um, because of Jesus it, uh, has done what he's done, therefore we should be trying to. Uh, you know, enjoy as much sin as we possibly can. That's not the point. If we are truly doing, like the text said, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, if we love him, we won't desire sin. It won't be that we're trying to... Um, it won't be that we're trying to overcome it. It will be that it will no longer be appealing to us. Yeah. yeah. So, what what you're kind of saying is that God sometimes allows us to struggle with certain sins in our lives because we're not ready to overcome them, or... We're not ready to let him overcome them. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's probably the way I would say it. There's a verse, um, a set of verses in Second Corinthians that we were talking about before, Nathaniel. Do you want to read those for us? Yeah. Is it 12, 9, and 10? So, Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of God may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I guess somewhat attached to part of what you read, but also part of what, what I was saying before about having extra mercy on others because of our own experiences. Do you think God uses the sins that we have battled as encouragement for others? Absolutely. Yes. And not Definitely. just <laughs> not just sins, but um, even hard experiences in your life. Hmm. Um, like, for instance, my father passed away when I was a kid, hmm. and that gives me a capacity to sympathize with people who have lost parents or have lost something special to them when they were young um, and so any area of our lives where we've had to deal with hard things whether it be sin or a, an externally imposed situation um, that gives us a capacity to relate to people that we wouldn't have had if we didn't have that experience so yeah, yeah. and I was just thinking just then would God also allow us to struggle up to 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 start our overcoming process while we are helping someone else overcome that process, as in like a, you know, keeping each other uh, honest, for lack of a better term. Hmm. Accountable. Accountable, that's the word yeah. I'm after. Yeah. And I, that, I that way you're not only overcoming that own sin in your own life, but you're also then helping someone else and going, yeah, I'm going through what you're going through right now. So I can sympathize and there's no way that I can do it with my, by myself. It's only through God mm. and also, you know, having that, you know, face-to-face -face accountability can also help. Yeah. 
I think it's important that we distinguish. I, I love your point. It's a great one. Um, but I think it's important that we uh, distinguish at the same time the the difference between what you're saying and what you're not saying. Um, what you are saying is that um, <coughs> God will will work with our circumstances and situations at the pace that we will let him work with them. Yeah. Um, what, what you're n- not saying is that God will hold back our overcoming for the sake of someone else because um, it's not God that's holding back the overcoming. We're the ones that's holding back that process. Mm. God God doesn't want us to be in sin any longer than we need to be. Absolutely. Um, and so it's not like he's, he's saying, oh, no, 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 I'd like you to struggle with that a little bit longer. Um, we're not... We're not determinists. We don't believe like that. Um, we believe that God honors our free will. And if our free will is that we want to be stubborn about it, he'll let us be stubborn about it just so long as we'll be stubborn about it. Hmm. And if we happen to be in the locale of someone else who's struggling at that particular time, he'll lead us in the path of someone else um, that he wants us to, to be ministering to and to minister to us through. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, yeah. But we just want to make that distinction to say God doesn't let us struggle longer <laughs> by his own choice, but by his willingness to honor our free will, he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's, a, there's a part of that verse, Nathaniel, a little bit earlier, that the one that you were reading from Second Corinthians a little bit earlier in the passage, that he shares why he, he, he prays that prayer. Um, um, and it is, he says, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. In other words, this is Apostle Paul, and he's had visions and he's had revelations from God of, of things that, are, that have been incredibly important to the early church. And he's become the big figure. And he says, lest I should become exalted, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Uh, to hold me back, lest I should be exalted above me- measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. In other words, um, Paul had a struggle, whatever that struggle was. A lot of people believe that it was his eyesight. Um, and if he if he had poor eyesight, for, for example, and he felt that was holding him back, and he asked the Lord to, to restore it to him, the Lord allowed him to have the poor eyesight because in Paul's experience, it was necessary for him to be able to stay humble and, and therefore to be able to be used by God to, to bless people. It's a bit like where Jesus said, if your eye offends thee, <laughs> yeah, for it is like it, better it? to enter into, into the kingdom blind. blind than not. Yeah. Not enter in at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think the same goes to a degree with sin. Um, you know, God, God will allow us to struggle just so long as we need to struggle yeah. um, in our stubbornness um, in order that we will recognize that it ain't by any of our own power that we're going to overcome this thing. Yeah. And if we g- gain some sort of quasi-victory by our own strength, he'll let it come around that the devil will t- attack us sometime and we'll fall so that we realize that it's only by His grace yeah. that we can overcome. But again, not in a punitive way, but in a consequential way. Yeah, so exactly. He's not punishing us when that happens, but it's just the consequences of us trusting in ourselves. Yeah. So just because just I know we want to wrap up now, I just want to make it as 
applicable and, and actionable as possible for those that are listening. Because I'm sure that there are people that are listening that are saying, yep, in in their mind right now, it's, yep, that's the thing. I know what my sin is. I know what my thing that I've been struggling with is. So in practical terms, what what we've looked at today, how does that help them and what should they do? Look to Jesus. It's the obvious biblical answer. Um, you know, I think the answer to all problems when it comes to sin sounds simple, sounds cliche, mm. um, but it's it's deep, man, um, is that we need to fall in love with God. Yeah. Um, when we are not just... Not just we love God, but we are in love with God. We will not sin. Hmm. Do you understand the difference? I can love God and yet sin against Him because in that moment, I wasn't in love with God. And, and you're a married man, Luke. You might know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about there. Right. The difference between loving your wife and being in love with your wife. Um, I think the the... the place to put your energy and your your motivation and your effort is not in the overcoming of the sin but in the relationship with the God who's promised he will hmm. give you the victory. Yeah. Yeah. You know Christ has already won the battle. It's over. Hmm. The devil's done. So why do we keep struggling? It's because we won't let Christ win the battle in our own lives. Hmm. We won't step aside. We won't look to Jesus. We won't stay in love with him every day of our lives. And I speak from experience, man. Yeah. Every day of my life, that's my battle. Hmm. I, I, I put other things in God's place. Yeah. And that's every and that, that's all of our battles. Because I know for myself, as soon as I think that, oh, hey, that's good. I, I've kicked that one, whatever that one may be. But, you know, no sooner have I kicked one, so to speak, than the Holy Spirit reveals, oh, by the way... <laughs> That's not the last thing. Your character is still not perfect yet. Here is a rough edge. I will apply sandpaper for you. Yeah. You know, and so we have to understand it is an ongoing battle, but that doesn't make us unsaved as soon as we realize that there's something new. It just means that, again, we just have to keep up the process, keep yeah. falling in love with Jesus. Yeah. So. And the other thing I'd like to say too is, and I'm not trying to contradict what you just said, Luke, but mm-hmm. just we we tend to think of sin like it's that one and a this one. Like whack-a-mole games. <laughs> yeah. But what we're really trying to say tonight is that sin is really about your um, underlying nature and and how that works itself out in your life. And so, really, it's not so much about focusing on overcoming this one or that one. Or you said before, the people listening might be able to identify, yep, that's that's the one for me. Well, my encouragement would be don't focus on that one. You know what I'm, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, let's not let's not put all of our eggs in that one basket. God, God might know that you need to overcome a different one first before overcoming before that. Before you'll be capable. That, of, before you're of, capable of, yeah, overcoming. Exactly. Or he might be just saying to you, you know what? You don't need to focus on overcoming sin right now. You need to focus on trusting me. Yeah. And then, as you learn to trust me in the little things, then this thing that seems really big to you right now. Which, by the way, it might not actually, in God's estimation, be all that big. Sometimes I think we categorize sin as if, you know, these things are tremendously big because they impose a lot of shame upon us. And yet, 
they're at the same category as the things that we don't feel a lot of shame for hmm. because of our hard-heartedness. Yeah. Like you were saying about pride before, yeah. you know, that, that it's a socially acceptable sin and so we tend to not blink, blink an eye when that was the very sin that kicked Lucifer out of heaven and started the whole thing. But we look at other sins that we consider to be much worse, you know, if you want to use the word worse when regarding sin, but, you know, I think you see my point. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, th- I think that's uh, a pretty good place for us to wrap up. And I want to thank you all for being with us. And by all means, jump on our, on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. Drop us a message if you wish. And uh, check out all of our previous presentations, which are there as well. So we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Bye. Bye.